I've heard and a lot of people and read people who they really try to they really try to reduce creativity and the creative process into some sort of they try to remove all of the mystery from it and there's the, that's not to say that there aren't some practical things to be shared there but but there's this whole almost hatred of there being anything mysterious about anything mm. and for me it's like well I, I why why do we have such uh, a fear and a hatred of of what is mysterious to us this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art Hello, folks. This is the State of the Union, as Evan would call it. <laughs> this is a, we're letting you know, we're figuring it out ourselves. I don't know. What are we doing this podcast for? What are we talking about? What are we in this for? What are we after? You know, those types of things. This is what we're going to do. And guess what? It's also a part two series, I think. Yeah. At least, uh, probably. In our minds it is. In our, in our minds it is. So anyway, this is part one of two, most likely. And if not, we'll let you know that it was only a part one at the end. But um, yeah, so Evan, this was your brainchild. <laughs> and uh, I, I introduced today, but I'm going to really just pass it on to you. Is uh, oh, Why? Why? Why do you want to talk about this? Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, the state of the is the state of the podcast address. You know, it's I think that it's I think this is something that we've done, we've maybe done this intentionally in the past, but I think that there's something really valuable about every now and then just taking a moment, take stock of, okay, like what, what is this thing that we're doing? What is this podcast about? It just as with anything that we do and commit to in our lives, like what is this? what am I doing with this? What, what is the significance, the meaning, where's the, where's the passion really lie with, with what we're doing. And so that was, that was really what I was thinking about is that, you know, it's been a while that since we've taken a look at that directly and it's a discussion that we've had in the past before, I think, you know, sometimes somewhat over, over the podcast and recorded, but most often it's something that we do, behind the scenes of things of being like, okay, what are we doing here? What is this about? And, and just that sort of check. And I thought it might be an interesting process for everyone to, to come along on the ride with that too. And also I'm, I, I'm somewhat interested in just hearing what you really think that it's what you really think that this is all about, because maybe there, I'm sure there's lots of places where we're completely in sync and lined up on things, but I'm I, I'm looking to also be maybe a little bit surprised as well, uh, and maybe even for myself, being a little bit surprised of what I think that this is all about. And so, that's that's what we're doing. All right. Well, I just do it for the girls. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone knows I'd that podcasting that, is where the girls are. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, so, yeah, man. I will. It's evolved. Things have things have evolved as as we've done this. 
And I mean, uh, you know, initially, initially for me, I think everything was really just about us having conversations, you know, being artists in the industry and trying to navigate having artistic integrity and still doing this business of, you know, well, we were in the film industry or still are, I suppose, but you know, how do you manage that? And then also just being happy because like being an artist, like I think there's a certain amount of like, you're doing what you love, but it doesn't always mean you're happy. It doesn't always mean that you're fulfilled and you're getting the joy out of it that you want to get. I mean, I remember at, at the time I was working on a project. Well, we were working on a project that was ours and I loved that. But then I was, you know, I think right around then I was getting hired to do other people's projects. And at first I thought, oh, this is great. This is super exciting. I love this. I like getting money. And then it was like, uh, I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> and also like, I don't, uh, you know, I don't like trying to do things to please other people. So like, this isn't really working for me so well, but I did that for a while and navigating that, um, you know, on paper seemed like, you know, it seemed good. I mean, it's interesting too, because I think, uh, you know, I'm just kind of going back to the history because I think I'll find my way to, to where this is now. But the other thing, too, I remember being like, it was really cool that I would get a certain recognition of being like hired as a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. And that got me a lot of credibility, I suppose, in the community. And um, I had a lot of people kind of like looking up to me, which I felt like this kind of onus to like, ah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing what everybody says they want to do. I gotta, you know, I should be happy. I should be enjoying this. And mm -hmm. like, there was a part of me that did, but then there was a part of me that didn't. And I had to navigate that. So early on in our, our, our days of recording, I feel like a big part of me was trying to figure out, you know, how do like, like, is this, um, something that I do as a career and is this the way I do it as a career or is, is this like, you know, in that dreaded word when you, when you're young and you're new at least, and it's like this hobby <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with, with art being a hobby. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but there is a certain, there can be a purity of, to it yeah. when it's that thing. Too. And in some ways, actually, honestly, I think if you're going to get paid to do it, you somehow have to make it a hobby. You should be making it a hobby. Mm -hmm. That that's what you should be trying to do. But I think initially you're trying so hard to make it a career that when people call it a hobby or they refer to it as a hobby, it feels like this dig almost like you just like, oh, I don't like that like I want to be legitimate I want this to be real mm. so anyway early on those were the those were you know just recording our conversations I felt like we just having talks we were very open and we would share very candidly what's going on and I thought you know it would be good for people to hear this uh, after but initially it wasn't even about anyone else it was just about I want to record that because I feel like we covered things that I forget all the time and I need to like remember. Mm -hmm. And then then it became, hey, you know what? We should share this with other people because other people would probably benefit from this as well. And then, you know, in those early stages, it was it was just navigating artistry and industry. And that's really like I yeah. was really all about that. 
and then I'm, I'm just kind of going through the history for me. And then then we kind of evolved. I remember we hit a point where we're kind of like, okay, we've we've kind of taken this as far as we need to. Mm-hmm. And then it became Way of the Artist. We had this rebranding. I remember we were trying to figure out, it was almost like, we almost thought like this Tony Robbins approach to it. We're like, no, 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 <laughs> no this no, isn't no. right. This isn't what we're doing. Yeah. And then we kind of found our way where it's more about this internal journey as an artist. And yes, industry has a part of it. But let's come back to these principles. And that was an exploratory thing for me. In the beginning of Way of the Artist and how this brand evolved, it was really let's explore these 21 whatever principles, laws, whatever we want to call them. Mm-hmm. And let's see where that has gone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back and check in <laughs> as to where I'm at now. But... But that brings me, I think, up to today. You know, I don't know if I've if I've dug in further as to like, yeah, why why are we doing it now? The exploratory part is still there. Navigating artistry and industry is still there. All these elements haven't left. Mm-hmm. It's only like it's like we've gotten deeper and we've added to it at the same time. To me, something in the, that realm has occurred. Uh, but what that is yet, I don't know. I need to ponder that because I feel like we just started this and I'm working it out. (laughs) Yeah, it's I mean, I think you point out really well and I love that you decided to go back and dive into the history of this podcast and because it is an evolving thing, you know, it's it speaks to that thing that that a life isn't static, you know what I mean? And things that you create and that you're involved with creating aren't static things they don't just stay the same mm-hmm. like this thing changes which is again part of the reason why i thought hey let's have this conversation let's see if anything has if anything has changed i mean definitely when we were the b and e podcast and everything we went through that whole hey let's let's rebrand let's let's have a new name let's do some different things because there was a a, a pretty clear point to both of us that this is not this is not the same thing. Like where this has led us and the conversations that we seem to be going to now are not so much about balance between artistry and industry mm-hmm. anymore. Definitely we covered that topic a lot, but there was almost a limitation to it. And I remember one of our guests that we had on the BE podcast, Sam Davidson, who's a musician and composer, and he did the intro song to the podcast that we have he created that for us and i remember at the end of our interview with him he he described it as artist therapy mm. and he thought yeah, it was yeah. going, and we almost thought about about making yeah. that our our the name of it when we were deliberating what should we change the name to we thought oh maybe what about artist therapy and we thought well you know there's a art therapy already has a lot of other things and we don't necessarily want this podcast to be about trying to to therapize you know right the the artist condition or something like totally. that. totally it was like one of those things that was like oh that's a benefit of these conversations but that's not the point mm-hmm. it's like it's like there's a something... feature like it's an element that occurs but we're not necessarily after that yeah there's something yeah. therapeutic about it and for me it's that therapeutic element which it still is for me mm-hmm. these conversations are 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 a therapeutic exercise for me which is i think part of the reason why i'm just i'm so committed to it i recognize the value that i get out of it for myself which is that 
for me, these conversations, they, they draw me into a certain aspect of myself that for the most part, I, I feel like I don't get to have throughout my life mm -hmm. as much. And so it's like, this is a place where we get to discuss things and, and there's a permission to dive into really big human concepts and questions and, and themes. And I think that that is so much a part of what being an artist is about. So it, it like, it feeds that artist, but there is, there is an artistic element to these conversations as well, because we're engaging with this in a creative kind of way, like going into it, let's see what we find, let's see what we discover and try and express it in, in some kind of way. And, and I don't necessarily know exactly what that thing is. I, I hesitate to say wisdom because I, I sometimes feel there's a weird thing about, about mm -hmm. making a claim about you having your own wisdom in a kind of way, <laughs> but there's, yeah, I hear you. I think sometimes there is wisdom to this conversation that we'll have, but it's not a wisdom that we would claim. It's more of a, it's like, it just drops in, it drops in. It's yeah. something that you realize, Hey, you know, we have access to this, but it's by asking questions and digging into it that we tend to stumble across that territory of wisdom. It's, you know, I do think, you know, it's interesting that my evolution personally through this process has been, you know, I think initially it was you and I having conversations and, and I wanted to share something with you or you wanted to share something with me. And then we wanted each other's kind of feedback and insight and perspective on these things we were dealing with. And another part of it was just simply checking in. Let's check in what's going on in your life. How you doing? What's happening? And that felt good, you know, to kind of, and so there was a part of me, I think initially that was like, you know, man, this journey that we're on as artists is actually pretty interesting. And when I was younger, I would have loved if someone shared that with me, because I, I would have loved to just know what I was getting into. And, you know, and also I think when you're, you, when you're brand new, man, like you don't realize that sometimes the veterans are right there with you. Like they're in the same place you're in. Mm -hmm. You just feel like you're new and you don't know anything and your struggles are like, oh, I'm a noob. And it's like, it's just, it's my struggle because I'm new and I don't know anything. But you realize when you start talking to veterans that some of those struggles are just lifelong artist struggles. They're things we yeah. all experience. We're all going to experience doubt. We're all going to experience fear. You know, it's, it's not like, I think when you're young, you think there's going to be one day I'm going to kind of get over this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's just going to morph and it's going to change and it's going to evolve and it's going to be about something else. But those feelings are still going to be there. It's going to be there in a different way. And so yeah, to yeah. hear a veteran has struggles or fears or doesn't know everything, it can, you know, as a new, new person to something that can give you a certain sense of sense of peace because you're like, oh, I don't really have to know. Like, it's okay to not know. And and you can still succeed and not know. Yeah. Hey, that's a relief. Because, like, I thought I had to go and figure everything out. Because <laughs> you know? that's an early pursuit I think a lot of us have. Like, you were in yeah. three acting classes at one point, weren't you? Like, or something, right? Yeah, like, And yeah. I did similar things. I was at least in a couple at one point. And it's like... I'm trying to just let me figure this out. If I could just figure this out, then I'll be good. Right. And it's like, yeah. no man, like that doesn't hurt 
necessarily, although it can, but that doesn't hurt. It's more like what you need to do is you need enough practice so that you can just relax and be comfortable and be present and trust yourself. And like as an actor, it might be be present, but like as a director, it might be just have faith in your vision. As a writer, it might be just trust that what you're writing is actually gonna be acceptable, that you don't have to come up with some crazy dialogue just to make <laughs> the scene work that sometimes it's it's really like i have a scene um in in love loss which yeah is my high, most highly reviewed script that i've personally written so far and there's a whole scene like a whole section where she's talking and all he says i almost did the whole scene and you don't even notice it it's just it just but it just happens he's like okay okay and he just says okay and he's just saying okay and and it works mm -hmm. it's it works and the thing is is like that makes no sense <laughs> you know what i mean there's a certain amount of like like but as a new writer you might think oh i gotta he, like he's just saying okay he's got to add something he's got to contribute he's got you know and you know so anyway having these conversations i think there's a certain amount of like um giving back to the younger newer people to art to try to say hey you know what you're not as far off as you think and in fact you might be ahead of these so-called veterans that you put ahead of you you know and and the thing is is we're always we're always in our own journey working through this right mm -hmm. and some of us will will blossom quickly and succeed quickly and others you know will will be late to the party but you know sometimes people after like 20 years or 30 or 40 years it's crazy to think, but that's, and then all of a sudden, boom, mm -hmm. something massive just happens for them. It just makes sense. It all comes together, you know? And so part of this is a documentation of the artist's journey and, and really demonstrating that it's not a paint by numbers thing for me, you mm -hmm. know, like that, I, not just for me, but I'm, I'm thinking that's something that I'd like people to walk away with to be like, yeah, you know what? Um, I have friends that have succeeded and have done this and I haven't yet. And you're looking at it and you think, well, maybe I'm, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm a failure. Maybe I'm no good. But you might walk away from this podcast and say, you know what? It just hasn't been my time yet. And I still love doing it. So I'm going to keep doing it. And, you know, and maybe my time will come. And, and, and then also the detachment of letting it go and being like, you know what? If my time never comes, I still will have loved doing this pursuit. You know, and it's a documentation and an exploration of that, mm -hmm. you know, for me in a big way. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's lots of great stuff oh, in there, man. Yeah, it's there's well, we're revisiting a lot of yeah. history here. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I just had a conversation with somebody, a, a friend the other day, and he was telling me about uh, some creative stuff that he's been really focusing in on and putting out there and 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 I started talking about how with creativity, in order for your full creative capacity to come through, that there's that requirement to let go of what comes of it, you know, that you let go of any idea of, of it having to do something, to make money, to all of these things in order for you to be really free to actually commit to the creative thing that you're on 
And he was saying, oh, I just read about that in Rick Rubin's book. And Rick Rubin is famous, a famous music producer who so many people have gone and worked with. And, and he's sort of this creative guru. And I was just like, oh, that's amazing. I mean, for one, it was <laughs> sometimes it's nice to receive validation, validation in a way to go. It's like, oh, OK, so we're not completely we're not completely off track with a lot of the things that we talk about on here, because that's one thing that we 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 bring up and that this is all to say that the what I loved about what you said is that there's a creative the the, the creative life and the artist's life there's no it's like that seeking of that arrival point this that that thinking of there's this this place where yeah i'll have it figured out and, and yeah all the classes and just like i'm once i get to the bottom of this thing and then it'll be good and da 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 da, da. and i think that so much of of this podcast and why it's an ongoing conversation is because it's always an ongoing conversation and it's an ongoing conversation you have with yourself and and with the thing that you're doing and and i think that one of the words that i probably use more than any on this show is engage i say engagement so often i've become self-conscious about it <laughs> oh, really? right? but it's i i mean i still i hadn't noticed i love it it's, a, it's that's that's not, yeah well and i mean i think that to me that's so so much of really is what it's about is 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 because yeah i think that there was at some point a shift and a realization that it's that's like oh right there isn't just some uh you know the the silver bullet or the panacea that once you discover this thing all of your all of your your issues and your problems and your challenges will all be figured out mm -hmm. and it's like that's just not the case mm -hmm. right and and that in a way the, this alternative of yeah no you have to just you have to continually engage is something that, that's actually the thing that we want and where this is leading me to is this word of mystery and, and to me this is these conversations are about us engaging with this mysterious element of life which is funny because I see a lot of people and I've heard and a lot of people and read people who they really try to they really try to reduce creativity and the creative process into some sort of they try to remove all of the mystery from it and there's the, that's not to say that there aren't some practical things to be shared there but but there's this whole almost hatred of there being anything mysterious about anything mm. and for me it's like well I, I why why do we have such uh, a fear and a hatred of of what is mysterious to us that maybe it's just a different different relationship that we need to have with that, a way of engaging with the mysterious because to me there's there's mm. no getting around it like you if you try and just if you try and and 
remove that element or you try to to pretend like that doesn't exist it hurts your creativity it it deprives you of so much it just deprives you of so much and so for me uh, so much of this podcast is is about how do we engage with the mystery the mm. mystery of of life and the mystery of of creativity which i don't think that those things are really opposites at all <laughs> i had an insight while you were talking absolutely so it's kind of cool because i mean what we're going over this i didn't i didn't know if i would get any but you said people have a hatred of the unknown and i was thinking you know i don't know maybe some people do choose to hate it i mean i'm not saying that that isn't that isn't necessarily an approach that yeah, some people I, have and i don't necessarily because think that everyone just, does but yeah. that i think that there's a component of it that exists i agree i do agree and i think some people they need to make it an enemy simply out of a way to survive or a way to conduct themselves and i think we do that people we do that with all sorts of things we make things an enemy so that because we don't like that feeling so then we go well i'm going to make it the enemy and i get away but i was thinking about um fear and how that actually plays into the unknown and how when you try to get rid of fear and you try to figure it all out and you go, if I just know how to do all this, then there won't be any fear. There won't be any unknown. And I don't have to be scared anymore. And I've come to realize that actually you don't want that as much as you think you do. You don't want that. So, man, I could parallel this to so many things. But like, for example, I, you know, I, as you know, I've been talking about this. I started motorcycle riding and it's been a few months of riding highways and you know, getting up to really high speeds, well, high for me, and, uh, <laughs> you know, taking corners and gaining confidence. And there's an, there's an innate fear that comes with motorcycle riding and, um, you know, and, and you kind of have to get past certain stages of it to evolve into the next stage. And it's interesting with fear because it's like, well, you kind of don't, that's kind of what you don't really want to get rid of entirely. Like you just want to be able to handle fear better. You don't necessarily want to get rid of the fear because mm -hmm. the fear is healthy. Like if you have a healthy dose of fear, you're probably safer as a motorcycle rider. If you're fearless, you're probably going to begin to do dumb shit because really there's really dangerous things that you can do on, on a machine like that. So, you know, as you come into a corner and you think, okay, you know, I'm at a certain speed, I feel comfortable, and you kind of get a gauge, internal gauge. Should I slow down? Can I handle more power? How much can I excel out of this corner? All of that stuff. Um, how blind am I coming around this corner? How sharp is this corner? There's all these measurements and assessments that are going on almost instantaneously. And then you're leaning and you're holding and you're kind of figuring like how much traction do I have and how, how comfortable am I am on this. And that that little bit of fear you know you, you what i found with myself is i want to push that a little bit and i go oh that you know i can handle more i can i can i can go further but it's healthy i think when i'm talking about this like i mean i'm sure there's the people who's like oh you know it's stupid you're being dangerous but it's like not really because what ends up happening is you get a certain sense for what is safe and what is not safe and 
every once in a while, if if you're doing this with like within reason, every once in a while, when you push yourself into a bit of an unsafe area, you go, oh, but but you don't do it so much that you're out of control. And so brings me back to my thing, fear and control, I think are such a massive part of this whole thing we're talking about because yeah, there's a lot of people that try to break down art like here, I'm going to give you this cookie cutter approach and it's going to make you feel in control. It's going to mitigate your fear. And a lot of what I think we explore on this podcast, and I think which excites me about it so much, is that we explore how to, instead of giving you control, we we look at it more as an approach, at least I think this is how we do it. How do you handle that feeling better as opposed to how do I get rid of that mm. feeling? Because I feel like that's where people who who help people with art or give people guidance in art i think that's where they actually shoot shoot them in the foot i think that's where they fail them is they try to make you not feel fear and like you should feel fear when i used to play soccer in a high division they used to say like if you stop getting butterflies before the game starts you should stop playing this game Mm -hmm. and it's really true like i used to get butterflies i used to you know we'd be just about to do kickoff and butterflies would be fluttering in my stomach and i'd be like okay okay like and it and it meant that it was important it meant that like and it's just a game of soccer but when you're in it like scoring a goal is such a big deal and and winning the game is such a big deal and it's and 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 if you didn't care it wouldn't be as fun yeah you know what i mean so you need that butterfly feeling you need a little of that fear because otherwise it's just a placid boring thing it's not interesting well you know hmm i think there's an element there of, of yeah this, no right? for sure because it's okay so i mean because yeah and and i think that yeah absolutely like even as an actor and how many times i've performed in in front of people it's every single time like there's there's nerves there's there's butterflies there's a discomfort that comes with it it's also an excitement Mm -hmm. too and it's interesting i think that with something like art and the creative process and that that feeling that uncomfortable feeling that you get is i think the value of it is that you're pushing into your ego a little bit which is a way i've never really thought about it because like that fear is like well what is this thing that you're actually fearing what are you really so afraid of that's that's going on here and you push through that that fear you you do this thing despite that fear that part of you that's saying oh i don't want to do this this is too much this is too scary this is you know we'll what if we screw this up what if we drop the ball what if we embarrass ourselves what if we make fools of ourselves da 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 da. and you go out there and you do this thing right there's this there's this there's there's something where it's a little bit of like ego destruction that's happening there because that's the thing that's telling you that you're afraid of this thing right and when you go up there and you do something and and especially is there's an experience that you can have through the artistic mediums but also in sports as well which people call the flow state but there's also can be that sense of again losing yourself in this thing that's happening and there's a part of that that 
involves you actually completely surrendering to the thing that's happening mm -hmm. where the ego completely disappears and you become sort of one with the performance or the piece or the game mm -hmm. right and so there's there's a loss of self that can happen and the the interesting thing about that is that there is an exhilaration and a peace that comes with that right but there's a fear that that needs to be pushed through first because it's there's something important that's happening there mm -hmm. right i don't know this is well this yeah. is, i've never thought about it in this in this sense and i don't know if that really made a whole lot of sense but i thought I, I would just put that idea out there and see what you came back at me with but i've never thought about this as being like art as being like a an ego death practice mm -hmm. yeah it's well it's interesting because like i feel like as we as we've gone through doing this podcast over the years we we've we've had many evolutions as to like we don't always know what we're doing we're just trying to you know, have a, have a conversation. And I think they're always coming from a certain place. And I think what's interesting for me, just kind of realizing this is like, I wouldn't say like, when it's one of those things, it's like, I'm not saying that we're trying to do that. It's not like we're offering. It's not like, Hey, like come listen to us and we'll help you deal with your yeah. fear. Like, no, 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 it's not that. But the thing is, it's like, that's a byproduct of genuinely looking at your life like an artist. And, and I think, you know, just as we're we're trying to navigate this one, this this fear and excitement thing and the unknown and you know, that's come up in this conversation, that's part of the reason why I want to have these conversations. Cause I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I know that for example, if I want to talk to a girl, it's probably better if I'm scared. Cause it probably <laughs> means I like her. And if I'm not scared, if I'm super calm, if I'm not excited, if there's nothing going on, if there's, if it's just a, oh, I'll just do this, then, then nothing has percolated yet. Now that, you know, that's, that's also a, almost a younger version of me because the, the, the version of me now is I talk to somebody, whether I'm freaked out to talk to them or not, it's like almost irrelevant. But if I start talking to them and then it starts getting really exciting, and then I start thinking about, you know, like, I kind of feel like I have to keep up. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and so I think like there's a certain amount of like, why do we do art? You know, we do it because it is exciting. And exciting and fear are a very similar emotion. Like almost the same things are happening. Yeah. And they say the difference between fear and excitement is, is often just perspective and yeah. how you're looking at it. So like, I think... Um, you know, we have uh, we we live in a time where people are constantly trying to navigate themselves away from feelings. Whereas I think like one of the reasons why this podcast is important is actually navigating people towards their feelings and helping them deal with them. At the same time, helping each of you know you and I and whoever whoever's our guests. And that's why it's therapeutic. You know, to come back to that point because you go, yeah, I have these feelings. But I just like shrug them off. I push them to the side. I, I have all these distraction things to deal with them. And then we sat down and we talked about it. And I realized, hey, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. You know, and I like that. Like I like if I can walk away from a from a episode that we have and I'm a little more clear or something that was kind of had me worked up. 
doesn't need to work me up so much. Mm -hmm. You know, so like there's another kind of part of the reason why I think these are, are good at least for me to show up to do, right? It's like, mm. gives me a bit of relief and peace, yeah. which I think I'm after in just about every way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I can definitely relate to that. And it's, it's like sometimes it's combing through the things that are like, what are the, what are the real actual challenges and struggles versus what are the made up ones what are the bullshit ones and and i think that there's definitely a value <laughs> to yeah. understanding it's like oh okay right i've been worrying about this thing and and now i understand that that's a stupid thing to worry about because i mean the in the creative process there's already enough to put your mind to mm -hmm. right there's already it's like it's like an actor being on on stage and and performing and they're thinking about how the way that they're standing yeah. looks to the audience you know totally. what i mean it's like stupid thing to be worried about man like like the you need to be you there's so many other things that you need to be focused on right now than that yeah because that thing is actually is actually only going to hurt your ability to do the performance in the first place so before place. you move on from this yeah. example this is a, this is an example of trying to control because mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to look a certain way. I want to appear a certain way. And this is like, you know, the, we, you mentioned the ego death. The ego death is letting go of the control. Because mm -hmm. like really like the moment the, the, you're going to start acting well, the moment you stop trying to control it. And that's a really weird fucking thing to say because it's like, well, but if I don't control it, then like how like how do i know it's going to be any good and it's like well that's the weird thing about it it's what makes it good is the fact that you're out of control consciously mindfully choosing to be out of control like that's what makes you in control in a way because <laughs> you're controlling for being out of control and that's a bizarre thing you know for people who aren't actors you know um because it's not a it's it's but a good relationship is like that, man. Like the best relationships I've ever had, they're 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 all like that. They you you kind of have this it's why it's so exciting and so passionate because mm. it's kind of out of control and it's like yeah. you know, and you're like, "Oh man, like you know, in that whole that honeymoon stage, there's a guy who wrote a book on this. Actually, I'm very uh, interested in reading it. But he talks about how the honey, why the honeymoon stage ends, and how really you start thinking. That's the problem. He said if you stopped getting in the way with thinking, you would experience prolonged, and you'd be able to revisit honeymoon stage over and over and over again. Mm. Which is so true. If you think about honeymoon stage, do they <laughs> like me? Are they into me? I'm into them, but like, I don't want to let them know too much, you know, but like, yeah. I want to tell them I love them, but maybe I shouldn't because I'll scare them away. You know, and there's this, you know, kind of thing going on and it's, it's, it's happening and yet it's not being talked about. It's not being controlled for, right? you know? So I mean to, I mean to take no, away no, from, no. from what you're saying, but it's interesting because I feel like we're just trying to, so much of these conversations is we're just trying to navigate and straddle that. We're trying to like, just be like, how do you talk about the thing that you don't control? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like in a way that's so much what art is, is like, like, um, Simon Sinek talks about, you know, like companies that say, oh, we're all about efficiency and creativity. It's like, yeah. no, it's one or the other. And creativity takes time. And, and if people could, could say, hey, we need X amount of time for creativity and then we'll come to the answer. It's like, no, it doesn't really work like that. What you need to do is you need to go in and say, look, 
we're gonna we're gonna go into this room until we come up with an idea that's workable and that might take 15 minutes or that might take three days yeah that's what we're gonna do and and we're not gonna put a time pressure on it and people don't like that because like well is it 15 minutes or is it three days it's like well we don't know it's 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 it might be four days yeah <laughs> and it might be five minutes yeah you know what I mean? like it's it's this kind of uh it's this thing and we don't you know that doesn't always make us comfortable but but learning to be comfortable in that thing that we think we should know and be like no it's okay i don't know you know that's and that's what makes a relationship exciting that's what makes great art exciting it's um it's this it's not contained it doesn't have so much of a uh, it's not paint by numbers, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not paint by numbers, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's Yeah, it really is about this Yeah, our our relationship to the unknown. I think is is it so much for me about what this is about. And and that's not to say that we don't come to understand and know things more and more and more but oh, I, I can't remember where I saw this it was but it was a terrific quote that in essence was saying that like well the more that we we come to know the more that we understand about our world and our universe there there only seems it only seems to open up more questions mm-hmm right like it's it's not like it actually okay we got that one checked off and like there's there's some finite list of questions that that exists within the cosmos and we're just checking them so it's like no you you check that one off but then the moment you checked it off 10 other ones just appeared underneath it mm -hmm. right it's like well wait ha hang on a second how is how the fuck does that work yeah right and it's and and i don't know if there's any end to the, to to that thing of questions there's no end to mystery there's no end to the unknown and mm. as we as we have talked about so many times on this podcast it's like un the unknown thing is is essential it's if not the essential ingredient in art because if there's nothing unknown then it's contrived right it's 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 coming from from just shit that we already know Right. And that's not interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's also not fun to engage with. And and anyone who's who's had that moment in whatever their artistic field is, you know, like for myself, mainly through acting. But there's there's this thing that can happen where you are just swept up mm -hmm. in this thing that's happening and and it doesn't feel like you're doing anything you know it's 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 this thing is doing you mm -hmm. and you are not doing it and that's always for me that's the place that you're tr that you want to get to mm -hmm. as an as an you know as an actor but as an artist right and and there's that's always been a strange thing to me where it's like there's this there's this experience that artists are seeking artists are kinds of seekers mm -hmm. in a way which is why I think that a lot of our conversations can almost take on a, a spiritual element and or they, they can sound that way. And I, I don't I used to shy away from from that a little bit in our conversations, not as much anymore, because I was like, well, yeah, there is 
there is something that you could dare say is spiritual with that the artist is involved with and being a seeker is one of them the artist is seeking understanding Mm -hmm. you know on in some sort of level understanding of of the big questions or resolving something within or without like there's there's but there's a searching that's taking place and and i'll just one one last thing i'll say on this as well I'll, i'll i'll throw in this word you know it's it's in so many ways art is about an exploration of the sacred and I use that word. Why? Because I, th- I've found that that's actually a word that, that isn't too offensive to many people in many different groups. Like if you are a spiritual religious person, sacred is, you know, is is a is a fairly obvious thing as well. But I've heard many many prominent atheists have no problem with like yeah there is something that we can call like what are things that are sacred you know and and there's there so i think that in many ways art is about that is is about the sacred and and trying to stumble upon those things and experience those things in some capacity mm-hmm. yeah i'd say that well i mean i'd say that's part of what we're doing you know there is a certain element of this for us, I think, is that we came into this podcast to try to try to be practical idealists in a lot of ways, because we're like artistry and industry. And artistry is like the ideal and industry is the practical. Yeah. And so as we we're talking about this unknown thing, I was thinking, you know, not everything remains unknown. Some things need to be known, you yeah. know, like you need to like, for example, I'll go back to motorcycling because this. I'm passionate about it and it's new. <laughs> but, you know, if you haven't ridden a motorcycle, here's an interesting little thing. And this weirds a lot of people out. It weirded me out when I first heard about it. It's called counter steering. So when you go into a corner at, a, at anything over 20 kilometers or, or 25 kilometers or higher, you need to counter steer. Otherwise, your bike is going to go the opposite way. It doesn't work. So, for example, you're going in the corner and you're turning right. You want the bike to turn right. You'll push the handlebars to turn left. What? It's like totally counter to everything. But when you understand the physics of the bike, you understand how this actually works in the world, it totally makes sense. It's not, it's, but it's, it's, it's kind of a weird mystery in the beginning. You're like, what do you mean? I, tr- I turn my wheels like I'm pointing over to the left, but I mm-hmm. want to go right. And what happens is, is someone used this example to me. They said, okay, if you're sitting on a bike, you're sitting and you got the wheel straight and if you turn the wheel to your left which way does the bike want to fall it wants to fall to the right doesn't it mm-hmm. if you turn to the left and you're standing still it wants to fall you know if you turn to the right i mean it wants to fall to the left it's just like whatever turn to the turn to the right it'll fall to the left turn to the left it'll fall to the right so when you're at speed your bike is basically like that. It's leaning to the way that it wants to fall. And the lean is what turns you, not the steering wheel, Mm. which is kind of an interesting thing. So anyway, when you start to understand the physics of motorcycle riding, some of the stuff that's so mysterious and weird Mm -hmm. is not so mysterious anymore. You're like, oh, this just makes sense. And then it becomes... It becomes normal, and what's really cool is I watch this documentary, for example, um, and it and the guy shows like, look, people will, you know, they'll try to put all this weight on their steering wheel, like they'll push down on the handlebars, and it's like this is not doing really anything for you. He's like, look at this, 
if I go lower and I push with my finger, I can turn the bike easy. Mm -hmm. Whereas this guy's trying to push with all his might down. That's not doing anything to steering wheel. The steering wheel turns by moving forward or backward, not up or down. And so, but in your mind, when you're trying to ride a motorcycle and you got all this stuff going on, you're watching for traffic and trying to turn a corner and you're, you're leaning and there's all these potential dangers. There's a lot of things that don't, you know, you don't quite like initially understand how they work. Mm -hmm. So I think part of what we're talking about in this podcast is we're looking at things from a practical sense and like, this is just how this works. Like we're just kind of, we're trying to demystify a little bit of the, the physics of things, but at the same time we're going like, but then there's a feeling element and there's a, you know, there's an internal sense of things that's going on. And these things are very difficult to give you black and white, you know, answers on. And like, for example, when you, when you, like, there's debate in motorcycle riding. I know I'm talking about motorcycles a lot. <laughs> this is debate in motorcycle riding. It's like, should you be in the left side of the lane or the right side of the lane? And at what times should you do this? And when is appropriate and whatever? And, you know, motorcyclists will say, no, well, you should be in the left side of the lane because that's road dominance, you know, for the other, you know, it's like, oh, no, you should be in the right over here because, you know, that, that lets everyone know you're there, you know, or whatever. And they have different reasons or it's safer or it's un- uncomfortable or whatever. And and we all have these internal values that are going on. And, and and what you start to find out as you ride a motorcycle, it's like, well, it's not that one's right and one's wrong, but there's a sense you get. And you are going to navigate the road based on your values and based on your sense of feeling and whatever. And art is very much like that. So someone's kind of doing their art this way and someone's doing their art that way. They're both doing it and it both works, but it's both a little different. And I think where we struggle in our culture a little bit is we go, no, give me the right way. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like there's no right way. Like there's a right area of a way, mm-hmm. but there's no one hard line. But you know what I'd like to do, Evan? I'd like to kind of talk about this beer, call this part one, if yeah, you're okay with that. I think so. And then uh, and then let's get into part two. Um, should we share the beer and then just reiterate it again? Let's do it. Okay. This what are we is, drinking? This is from Bash 44. It's called Old Creaker. <laughs> old Creaker. Um, An Old Creaker is a uh, cream, pale, creamy pale ale. Cream pale ale, yeah. Cream ale? Cream ale. That's it. Cream ale. There we go. It wasn't coming to me. I don't know why. <laughs> but anyway, it's smooth, as you said, right? So it's smooth. It's nice. I always like a good cream ale. They don't make as many of them. So whenever I find one, I'm like, oh, let's get it. Let's try it out. So anyway, that's what we're drinking. Um, let's not wrap it up yet, I don't think. I think we should just kind of maybe... Is there any, any points, though, before we move on to the next that yeah, you want to kind of carry on into the next thing? Like maybe people can look forward into part two oh. that you want to explore? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cliffhanger, right? What is the cliffhanger? What... <laughs> What is the cliffhanger? You you threw me the ball and I was not ready to pick it up. Was there anything like is there anything that we've gotten to right now that that you that you still want to explore? Do you feel complete? How are you feeling? What's what's uh, where you at? I I feel like we're we're definitely like we're we're in the crux of things now with I think this this conversation about 
the unknown and and the thing you know the it's weird because our podcast started as this thing of as we've mentioned here it was you know the finding the balance between artistry and industry and it's like there's this element of almost that same sort of concept here but it's i think a little bit deeper than that where it's this balance between the known and the unknown i suppose and i think that that's what i'm interested in exploring in the next one and how understanding better that that what that balance is between the known and the unknown and how those play into each other how that how those are both together the key to opening and unlocking our creativity mm. okay well i'm i'm definitely in, into that and that's something we will do the other thing that i would like to explore because we did evolve into you know claim your own path mm. and and as i was kind of finishing that motorcycle reference analogy however you want to put it right i i was like yeah you know like when you're riding a motorcycle you know a lot of it too is like yeah figure out your path because like like i don't know just for people who don't ride motorcycles like with a motorcycle, there's technically within a lane, there's three lanes. There's the leftmost, there's the middle, and there's the and there's the right. And a lot of people, you know, when you're new to motorcycling, you might think, well, I'll just ride in the middle, right? That's the simplest. I'll just be in the middle and I'm good. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Here's the thing. You're driving with cars, they have rear view, rear view mirrors and they have side mirrors. If you ride on either what they call lane one or lane three, which is on the sides, it, they can see you in their side mirror. If you ride in the middle, you're invisible to them. Mm -hmm. So that's actually less safe. So, you know, you start to have values as you pick your lane and you pick within the lane where to be. And artistry is much more like that. It's, it's like riding a motorcycle that way. You get to choose within the lane that most people are just taking for granted is this is my lane. You have a lane within the lane. You have... You have intricacies and and details that that the average person who's just kind of going about life might not think about and there's creativity in that and creativity is not always i think what i'd like to explore is creativity is not always just at random i just feel like it sometimes creativity is based on i have values mm -hmm. and i'm trying to uphold values and that's part of the reason why i'm claiming this path because it upholds a value it doesn't just feel good to me it feels right it feels it feels good because i have principles and things that i'm trying to uphold by doing it um and it makes sense i'll give one more analogy before we close this out on motorcycle riding for example you're lane one or three so this is at the edge not in the middle if you're if you're riding down a road you should choose which is lane one you should choose the line closest to the middle and and part of the reason why is because other cars can see you and yeah you have to ride closer to oncoming traffic so a lot of people don't want to do that it feels uncomfortable but people who are behind you if you're riding on the right and you go slow they take that as a sign they don't even know motorcycle riding they just take it as a sign oh you're out to the right i can pass you so if you ride into the left, you're telling people, hey, don't pass me. And they call that road dominance in certain ways. Right. So as an artist, I, you know, if you're if you're have to tune into the next episode later, I want to ask you to walk away. And as you're claiming your own path, think about your your dominance. 
Like think about where you're kind of saying, hey, this is me, I'm here, don't pass me. Like I'm, I own this, this is mine. And when you would choose to let people pass you and when you're holding them up and you're like, look, I need to take my time here. You can go around me. Like this isn't, you know what I mean? And we can make choices like that creatively and we can consider other people as we're, as you know, it's not just claim your path, it's all about me. It's, mm -hmm. it's you're considering the other hikers, the other travelers, the other motorcyclists, the other whatever on this road with you who are also trying to figure out which way they'll go. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.